Good evening. Hello. I'm very happy to meet you guys today. We bring the Discover Design to you by GS Institute of Design. And we have a very interesting designer talking to us today. The topic is Living Crafts with Sandeep Sangaru. You're going to meet him very soon. But before that, I'd like to say hello to everybody. This time, today we have decided to change the time to the latter part of the day, giving you more time to get back from your work and to be able to attend this webinar. The Discover Design is a series of webinar to bring to you uh, some more the mysteries of design to get you to clarify and, and understand what actually happens in it. And we do it by inviting experts in various aspects of design. They come and talk to you about their work, about the kind of projects they've done, and clarify a few things of what they think about the work that they are doing. So I hope you're going to enjoy the webinar today with Sandeep. Um, meantime, let me just quickly uh, give you some information about how to, in case. Okay, uh, one is that, let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is Nancy Yao, and I head the JS Institute of Design, the academics of the JS Institute of Design. Meantime, I will be introducing Sandeep Sangaru a little bit uh, expansively after the next slide. I do want to invite you to ask as many questions as you'd like to. Uh, he's going to talk about a lot of work that he's done with various material. So do put in your questions in question and answer box, and we will take up all these questions at the end of the session. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, Sandeep, let's see. Sandeep Sangaru is a design pioneer. He's a founder, director of Sangaru Design Objects Private Limited. It's a design-led manufacturing company based in Bangalore. He's also the founder of Sangaru Design Studio, which is a multidisciplinary design consultancy firm, which explores different mediums and materials. He has, he designs, manufactures, markets, furniture products, accessories for contemporary urban homes, work and play, which bring together traditional knowledge and skills and crafts with design and technology to make objects of daily use invaluable, accessible, and enjoyable. We are going to see many of those projects or products as he explains, as he takes us through the journey. Besides that, he's also an educator, he's an entrepreneur, and he's a nomad by nature. I'd really love to hear a little bit more about that and we'll see whether he's able to, we're going to get that, whether we understand what he means by that. Um, his studio has been actively involved with the craft sector, working with local people, with local material to create global products. And uh, this is very evident from uh, some of his achievements. Uh, we will hear a little bit about that as well. So welcome, Sandeep. We are um, very happy to have you with us today. And we'd like to know definitely what all, um, if you'd like to start with showing us what all you've done and perhaps a little bit of the background. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me, Sandeep? Yeah. Good yeah. evening. Uh, I hope I'm audible to everyone. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you for the introduction. Uh, being a nomad, yeah, that's how, uh, that's why I all, always wanted to be one as a kid growing up. Uh, uh, my two uh, goals in life were to travel and uh, uh, and explore uh, and 
I was a since a student in the school, but I was never keen on studying. Uh, so I never focused on studying. So my always I would wander around, uh, figuring out stuff. So as any kid would open up things, put it together, and I would just do that. And I was more like a hands-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would actually build things up and do things which uh, interested in the mechanics of how things work and uh, materials and everything, right from trying to fishing. As a kid, catching earthworms and making hooks with simple bamboo poles, and going into some isolated place, sitting <laughs> trying to fish, was also something I did as a kid when I was in, I think, class five or class six. And my mother would always keep hunting for me to get this guy has disappeared. Yeah, so that was that's me, and uh, I was looking at the professions that would allow me to do these things. And uh, during that time, with no internet and no access to uh, what kind of professions uh, you can look other than being an engineer or a doctor or a uh, accountant or a commerce, uh, uh, there was not much. Only thing that you would uh, think of is fashion design, architecture, um, and uh, architecture one was one option that I was looking at. But again, again, I was not so fascinated of to design buildings because I was more hands-on. I wanted to do something that's uh, very Uh, uh, very small, and I can build it myself or things like that. And the other option was to kind of trying to figure out because we had a lot of family friends uh, who were with merchant navy, and they would uh, uh, be away traveling uh, for as much time, and they would get a leave for as long as they travel. So I thought that was an interesting uh, profession. Uh, uh, maybe I should <laughs> do that, and they were well paid also. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I would see the lifestyle. They would come back with a lot of this stuff from all over the world, okay. and they have the little workshops. Uh, someone is fascinated with bikes, or someone is fascinated with aero modeling and stuff like that. So they would they would have this little garage kind of a setup, and I was quite fascinated by how they were uh, doing uh, with their merchant navy as a profession. So yeah, uh, but I wanted to do undergrad in uh, design, but I couldn't convince my parent about a future in that. So. I went on to do engineering. Then my parents said, after engineering, you can do whatever you want to do. You now that you have a foundation, and uh, if anything goes wrong, you can always fall back. So that so after engineering, I applied for an IDA and got through. Yeah, and from since then, uh, it was a new road, a new direction, and uh, um, as a campus and as peers and teachers there, it opened up a lot of uh, doors. Uh, So while I was there, I studied furniture design uh, because furniture was because in product design they said anything from a safety pin to an aeroplane is product. Uh, I said that's <laughs> not happening after my engineering. <laughs> so I would better stick to something uh, furniture, which is uh, again uh, could be easily made. So because I wanted to be hands-on, uh, so a lot of people advise me being a mechanical engineer. Why did you choose to do furniture design? Mm-hmm. Uh, we should have taken uh, product design, and uh, I said. No, that's not. I want to do. So yeah, I did furniture design. But meanwhile, at NID, uh, my mind wandered to other things like photography and cinematography. And we were a group of people who were keen on special effects, fans of Star Wars and movies like that. And we wanted to create something like that uh, in India. So we, after graduation, we started a company in Hyderabad, which uh, dealt with special effects. And we were all product designers. And furniture designers doing this in the film industry. Uh, so it was a good experience for almost three and a half, four years I worked. But uh, that was not my cup of tea. 
uh, in that industry. It allowed me to travel. It allowed me to explore and uh, do things. But I think the industry has a different kind of. Uh, you need to have a different kind of mindset to work in that particular industry. So I was wondering what to do. Should I get back to furniture or should I uh, take on doing some photography and uh, cinematography? Because I worked as an assistant cameraman for a few years uh, in the film industry, and I thought. Uh, Cinematography is not happening again because that was also a part of the industry. Uh, so I was wondering what to do next time, but I got a call from NID uh, if I'd like to come back and join as a faculty to teach. And uh, immediately I said yes because going back to NID was uh, yeah, it would have, it would give me more time to think, explore, and uh, mm-hmm. study there. So it, I know what the place is. Uh, if you get a second opportunity, you should always go back. To NIDs. Yeah, so yeah. I just packed my bags. I had a small G, a World War 1944 G, uh-huh. and I drove down to Ahmedabad. <laughs> All right. wow. So, yeah, being a nomad is like that. So, I just packed my bags, put my stuff, and <laughs> carry on. Uh, so, after NID and the two years, it was a great experience uh, being on the other side of the table, uh, being a co faculty with the teachers who taught me. Uh, because the gap was only four years, three, four years. So it was not uh, a, a vast gap for me to go back. Uh, actually, there were, uh, uh, when I was studying, the, when I was graduating, the people have joined undergrad, they were still students uh, when I went back. So yeah, it was like uh, uh, getting back to a familiar place. Right. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah. So during those two years, uh, I explored more. Uh, and there were a couple of projects NID was working on. One was uh, when MP Ranjan was uh, setting up the institute at Tripura at BCD as Bamboo and Plane Development Institute. Uh, he asked me to go and uh, do assignment course with the artisans there. And uh, it had to do with bamboo. And as told Ranjan, uh, I have no idea of bamboo. My understanding of bamboo is ladders and scaffolding till now. I never worked with that material as such. Um, uh, but uh, behind my thought I, I always wanted to go to Northeast and see because I've never been there. But I was born in Shillong. So I was a kid when I was born and uh, I've never seen the place as a grown-up. Uh, so I thought I should take this opportunity to just go and see and explore how things shape up. So Ranjan books my tickets and I go and land up there. And that's how my journey started. Uh, I'll just start the screen now. Uh, I'll share my slides so there are some details to my... Uh, can you see my slides? Uh, not yet, but uh, I guess we're just waiting for it to open. Can you see? Uh, no. Not no. So meantime, while it opens up, I just want to ask you, do you still feel like a nomad? Yeah, I'm still a nomad because I cannot sit at one place uh, for too long. Uh, so I have to keep moving around for my mind to work. <laughs> uh, okay. Otherwise, I feel the, yeah, kind of... Uh, so it's not happening, no? Uh, I'll just... Um, yeah, it hasn't... It isn't showing up yet. Uh, can you try stop sharing and again uh, sharing this? Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to do that. Yeah. Getting a visual? Not yet. It should not take so much time. Sorry for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no issues. We'll just... These are people... Are you... Uh, you are now host the same sharing. Is that the problem? Uh, no, sir. Is a co-host. He is the co-host. So, alright. So, uh, so well, while uh, we wait for this to open up, I yeah. just, uh, yeah, just so, yeah. Yes. So, uh, you, would you like to continue talking? Then uh, maybe we can just do 
uh, we continue talking and meantime wait for this to open up as well well i think you can send me those slides and i can uh, talk about like i can show it yeah just a sec i'll be login once right okay no issues so while while we wait for sandeep to join us uh, i just want to inform all our participants he he believes that teaching opportunities uh, is like a refresher period for him and he enjoys it a lot so uh, that's that is something which i believe a lot of designers um, practice because they too use it as a time to get away from perhaps some of the mundane processes of design and implementation um, these are the times when the designers along with what sandeep says uh, get is a period where when they interact with youngsters uh, such as the students it helps them refresh their mind gives them different perspectives and perhaps introduces them to a lot of new thinking that is happening amongst the young learners he also has a passion for photography and filmmaking i think that's a lot of uh, uh, many skills put together and uh, he tries to use these mediums to document way of life in different region so it does help for designers to think vastly and differently when you are dealing with many more mediums beyond what you may have been uh, trained in so for in this case uh, sandeep was trained in furniture design i also want to inform you which i am really going to question him on is about the red dot award so i do know that um, he's been awarded the red dot design award for trust me in 2009 which was a furniture collection and we will ask him why this name and what it is so sandeep meantime while harshita is uploading your presentation let's have a little chat about um what how did you you did start on bamboo and lacquer i read so uh, would you like to tell us something about that bamboo and lacquer yeah i think i'll get back to where i stopped and i'll continue uh, uh doing that yeah uh, uh so yeah i went to tripura uh, to kind of uh, teach artisans about uh, how to read a technical drawing and how to draw one and uh, mostly uh, uh teaching them uh, to draw technical drawings and read a technical drawing and convert the drawing into a product uh, so the whole idea was for them to uh, uh give a skill where they can interact with designers architects and artists uh, and and collaborate and uh, take the craft forward Uh, rather than just uh, working on what they've been doing all this while, because uh, uh, that was my assignment. But when I went there, I had no clue how to go about it. But I was very excited to be there. And what I saw there was uh, 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 as bamboo, how they use it in uh, everyday life. Uh, can you see the screen now? No, still don't see any visuals. Are you able to? Are you still operating with some? Yeah. So to see it yet? Okay. Did the test and it worked. Thank you. Send the PPT to me. I can share the screen. Yeah, the file is too heavy. I'm sending it, but it's not uh, going there. No, it's not heavy. That's why it's taking its time. Yeah, just sent it on. Just sent it. Just check if you can download. Yeah. So what I saw in Tripura kind of opened my eyes to what a material uh, has to offer mm -hmm. because they had uh, 
I could see bamboo fencing, bamboo houses, bamboo bridges, uh, bamboo baskets. Right. Uh, most of the things uh, they use in their everyday life were made out of bamboo. Uh, uh, but what we see as bamboo crafts, uh, apart from uh, in, in, in a craft bazaar or an emporium, would be more decorative products, uh, not functional like how they used bamboo uh, uh, in their everyday life. So as a product, as a furniture designer, uh, studying industrial design from an ID, looking at functional objects kind of uh, uh, triggers a lot of things when you work, when you want to be hands-on and working with the material. So it triggered a lot of ideas and thoughts of how uh, one material and one tool, they could build so many different uh, uh, products. Mm -hmm. uh, can you put it in a slide mode? Yeah. So what I saw was, uh, this was their everyday life. You see bamboo everywhere. Uh, you can just scroll through the slides. Uh, can you do a slideshow instead of scrolling? Yeah. So um, until then, I had no understanding of how many species of bamboo were there. It's only when I started the class and I, I gave them some drawings uh, for them to make a prototype. And uh, one of my first products as a bamboo product I was trying to design, uh, they, they would interact me and would tell me we should get this species of bamboo for this component and this for this thing and i'd ask why they uh what is the difference between this and that particular species of bamboo so they would explain me okay the wall thickness is too thick we need to remove a lot of material uh, the other one has a thinner wall thickness if you're trying to make thinner strips it'll be easier to make and it is more pliable to bend and stuff so these are the little nuances I started to learn about that material. And I guess uh, through the eight weeks I was there, I learned more than I guess uh, they learned anything from me. Uh, uh, so my assignment got over and I was wondering what uh, what should I take back as a remembrance to the whole experience? Because I was still not sure that I'd be working in the craft sector. This was my first exposure working with artisans and crafts. Uh, so I thought I should uh, take back something and I wanted to just scroll up. Uh, because we're not slaying the whole slide. Yeah, scroll yeah, down, uh, go forward. Yeah. yeah, so these are the different applications that you see around in Bamboo. Uh, there are some examples of... Uh, and this was very fascinating because these baskets, they make for temples for, as an offering. And every time uh, when you offer in a temple, it has to be a new basket. So it was an industry in itself for the local uh, market. So even a kid would know how to weave a basket uh, before he even goes to school. So he knows how to quickly weave one and give it to the local distributor and make his pocket money. So yeah, that is a good way of, I think, uh, self-sustenance that you, are, you have a skill that you can uh, uh, earn something and you are not uh, depending on something else for you to uh, be hanging on to for, to uh, get a livelihood. So that was an interesting uh, connection that I felt there. So this was the first chair I designed for them to make a prototype. So here the backrest is made out of thin strips uh, because I wanted to use a flex of bamboo uh, to give the flexibility when you sit on it. And the structure was a different species of bamboo. It was a solid pole. Uh, it was called, uh, we have called it Kaklamara bamboo because that's how we came to know. Because Kaklamara is a village uh, with, uh, in Tripura where most of the craftsmen uh, were linked to NID and uh, they were the master trainers. Uh, and locally it's called Kankais. And uh, botanical name is very complicated, but I'll tell the short olivery. So it's a solid pole, and traditionally this pole was used for making fishing rods, 
uh, pole vault poles and it's a, it has a good tensile and uh, mechanical properties so it can withstand a lot of uh, loads and it's very really, uh, straight and goes uh, clean mm-hmm. to be used yeah can you go forward so for a remembrance uh, i wanted to bring back something on the left is a stool which i had done before uh, going there uh, so i thought it will be appropriate to use bamboo uh, to make this particular stool uh, but once i made the stool uh, because the seat was not made then the seat was supposed to be canvas i thought i'm just taking three bamboo poles uh, not much i could do that anywhere uh, so i was wondering if i could make a seat uh, out of bamboo as well which is shaped like the canvas seat that i have and uh, we ended up doing this particular uh, construction and when i when we made this uh, can you go forward uh, the artisans and the craftsmen told me uh, sanjeev we never used bamboo like this uh, traditionally before and this is something new and uh, i think that was my moment of eureka okay this is something i cracked uh, without even trying hard uh, so i left that whole stool i just got back from there with the pill triangle module and it was a long flight from uh, agartala to amdavad i had to change i think two flights from agartala to calcutta calcutta to mumbai mumbai to amdavad and i was carrying it in my hand and it became a topic of conversation with the passengers so in the uh, while i was waiting for the next flight okay. and they would ask what is this that you are carrying uh, i said it's is something i made uh, now i don't know what it is uh, but i kind of for my second stop i realized okay i can use this as a stool to sit on uh, so can you go forward yeah uh, yeah sorry i don't have that picture here yeah so it converts into a stool can you go forward yeah so so i basically demonstrated it oh this is a stool that i can sit on while i travel uh, something not thought about it, it was not designed to be used like this but it just happened uh, while playing around with it and uh, and from that moment i felt i should explore this technique further and take it uh, along and i uh, came back to the campus and uh, can go forward yeah so i explored different forms and shapes uh, to use this particular technique uh, just to try out uh, its possibilities so we had two artisans craftsmen in uh, amdavad nid campus uh, with the bamboo center so i worked with them go forward yeah so this was a thread so i was trying to make it more functional uh, as something that uh, Uh, because this conception had a beautiful form factor to it it, has, it was unique uh, as bamboo was never used like this and i was still not aware once i showed this to ranjan he was quite excited and he said why don't you just explore and make few more things and see how it shapes up uh, so yeah next slide so i started working with uh, sisir de burma who was the master craftsman uh, next slide uh, so i started making a lot of these modules so that is sisir there uh so it was a bench uh, we made a small module of it but the concept was to make a long round bench uh, can you move forward yeah so these few things i explored uh, then there was another project uh, handmade in india the book uh, and uh, aditi ranjan asked me to uh, if i could go and uh, document andhra pradesh uh, for the book so i was quite excited again uh, with the, let me go travel photograph meet people and that's when i understood the uh, the the gamut of uh, craft practices we have in our country and uh, which we are never exposed to and uh, again the similar contextualization happened for me uh, i tried to see what they make for themselves for their own use and what they make for selling and they were 
completely different things because the one they make for themselves uh, takes much longer time of course because uh, uh, they want something to be perfect and it has to function uh, it's not decorative uh, so those products were quite unique in a way and different crafts i uh, documented from leather puppetry to uh, crochet work to uh, carpets to bronze casting bronze vessels glass vessels uh, and a lot of these things so it kind of opened my eyes uh, as an industrial designer to see how someone can convert a thought and idea quickly in sitting in the veranda or in the kitchen uh, getting these things uh, churned up and uh, that's when i decided i'm going to work with crafts people and the craft sector uh, can you move forward and uh, i started in a studio and one of the first projects uh, i got was from kashmir which i'll talk to you a little later but uh, the second one was again uh, from uh, northeast in tripura where they invited me to can, can i come back and work uh, uh, with the artisans there uh, to create a range of products that can be commercialized uh, and taken forward uh, by the tripura bamboo mission and the tripura government and uh, then i showed them this thought i had and i said i'll work on this idea that i developed a few years back and i'll i'll create a range of products because i had many ideas for them then they said okay let's take it forward and uh, uh, with this uh, uh, project which went on for almost one and a half two years and we created all these prototypes and all the artisans had no clue what they were making uh, and this is a new technique for them uh, can you move forward and uh, all the while we were making uh, they would say suddenly if it toot jayega this will break off and it won't work uh, it's very thin uh, Uh, but i said let's try and see how it works and science uh, at least we know how it is breaking and where it's breaking and if there's any scope improvement after that uh, next slide uh, so we made this prototype i made a system how to assemble and put it together quickly and uh, if you see this chair from the profile it's very thin it's like uh, 8 to 10 mm and uh, they were not very sure whether it would stand uh, but once we assembled and put it together next uh, so yeah trying it out and sitting on it was uh, uh, was a moment because I, even i haven't tried it doing before so it was first time for everyone uh, me working in bamboo uh, uh, with a new group of artisans and uh, sisid was my assistant then because he had already worked uh, on few prototyping so he had the knowledge of how to take it uh, and train the other people yeah next so yeah we sat on it jumped on it uh, nothing happened uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah so then uh, i came back and the project never took off after that the commercialization of the products never happened because this was a radical thought of using bamboo and it needed much longer time for it to be developed you needed to train people uh, build the products prototype refine them uh, there were no budgets or maybe i don't know uh, they didn't see a scope of uh, commercializing it immediately so it never uh, took off uh so i was kind of in a situation i spent so much time and effort to build something conceptually new and uh, it didn't uh, see the face of the market or no one could experience the furniture or the products uh, that were made so one day one of my interns uh, was there in a the studio and he asked me if i could send it uh, to the red dot designer what i had no clue what red dot was okay. then I asked him what is red dot what he said it's like the oscars of uh, design and uh, um and it's not a competition it's like you send your work and they have a jury and and if your work is uh, it, uh, worth it uh, they give you the award mm. so you're not competing with another 
person or an individual or a design so it, it's it's uh, solely your work there they will be judging or so then i said okay let's try then when you enter you have to pay so every stage you have to pay if you win also you have to pay so i was only what is this <laughs> then i understood okay this basically a system of jury where uh, they they evaluate your work and uh, if you if your work stands out you'll get an award so we applied we paid the fee but i forgot about it uh, to submit the entry uh, uh, in time so one day we were in kashmir uh, in shrinagar and we got an email that tomorrow is the last day you have to submit it by uh, uh, some time since uh, we're in a different time zone we got few hours extra uh, so and that time kashmir uh, had a curfew and no internet was down it was in 2009 uh, 2008 2009 Uh, so we sat down and we made this slide this this was the presentation i sent you to red dot uh, so i was showing you this slide yeah. uh, this was the one first slide where i showed the concept mm-hmm. can you go up 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 yeah no go to that slide yeah this one the one which was there already just slide before this yeah yes sir there yes yeah so this was the page that i sent and uh, we sent it and uh, and i named it trust me because we had to give a name to the project <laughs> uh, so the whole idea of uh, because over the period of time also when I was working with Bamboo, a lot of people didn't trust Bamboo as a material. Uh, everyone considered it to be uh, something like a news and throw outdoor material, not to be used indoors, uh, easily replaceable. So it was considered to be more like an uh, affordable or a cheap material, and uh, a lot of people would say it's a poor man's timber. Uh, mm-hmm. So the poor and the cheap and everything was associated with the material. and it doesn't last long you get termites and all that and while i was working on this concept all my craftsmen said it will break and it won't work mm-hmm. so the whole concept i thought we should uh, give a name which uh, kind of you can trust me uh, as a name but uh, since this uh, concept works on triangles and uh, truss is a form of uh, structural uh, term uh, so i name it trust me so it kind of has this meaning of both that it's, it's a structure and you can trust me as a material and as a concept and we submitted the email and uh, we forgot about it and one day my mom calls up and said you got a mail and it has a letter saying uh, you have you won an award and you have to pay so many dollars <laughs> so even if you pay, you have to pay. <laughs> so my my, my <laughs> Some of them was wondering what it is. Then I said I, I was traveling at the time, so I said I'll come back and have a look. So I got back home and I saw, uh, and I had won that concept had won that I got best of the best. So among all entries, it had won the best of the best. And uh, of course, uh, that was the turning point. Uh, can you move forward? Uh, because after that, it got published uh, everywhere, and people got to see. Can you move forward? I don't know why this slide is here. Yeah. Can you zoom out? So I started getting emails and letters from a lot of people around the world uh, asking me if they could buy the furniture and they could exhibit the products some in uh, design shows and museums. And I had no resources or materials with me to send there. And people wanting to buy them—that was another thing. Uh, so I tried to contact the people I worked with, craftsmen. We we got some order. Can you make them? And uh, we. and i'll just uh, act as a middleman just uh, i'll get the order and you get it done but it was not taking off because uh, it was a new concept and no one was trained to make something uh, and ship it uh, so that's when i started uh, this company in 2010 uh, this was our studio 
uh, where I'm talking to you from. Now it's full of trees and bamboo around, so you don't see it like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is how we started. We quick. I I asked uh, through a craftsman to come over to Bangalore, um, and we took up this space uh, which belongs to a friend, and uh, we just kick started with no money in hand. Uh, started a business of. Uh, <laughs> trying to produce and sell and it took me another three years to sell my first product uh, not because people were not ready to buy but uh, we were not ready yet to t- take it to the market meanwhile a lot more things happen uh, we could send some prototypes for shows and exhibitions in different parts of the world uh, we won some more awards uh, for that and uh, uh, that also allowed me to travel a bit and uh, meet interact with people uh, abroad and other shows where uh, these are exhibited so i could actually get a quick feedback from uh, the international audience and designers uh, uh, so all the feedback i got was they appreciated the whole concept and the idea uh, but the craftsmanship had to improve a lot uh, so that took me another 3 years for me and my craftsmen my team to kind of refine the whole system of making can you move forward so yeah it was a journey that uh, was a collaboration it was uh, i could never do this uh, with the help of uh, the team i had who believed in me because at that time we never had funds so we would actually uh, borrow money and i would just make this happen because i had to give my um, captain something to survive and they would manage with whatever i could give them but the whole idea was to uh, do something yeah move forward uh, so this was actually realized the bench later and uh, here you see manoranjan who joined me then he still works with me sisir also works with me till now uh, so the team that i started uh, long back uh, they are part of the whole uh, team sisir manages my workshop in tripura now we have a uh, workshop there and manoranjan uh, on the top slide with a strict t-shirt he's been here with his wife both of them work with me and uh, yeah it's been a 10 year long journey while we have heard a lot your journey still continues i'm sure but i want to ask our participants i'm sure they have been hearing you and they've been seeing a lot of work have the screen uh, and i want to check out whether they are able to understand what so i'm going to put up all questions is that fine so that the, uh, yeah. the participants can also give in understanding can we have yeah. the question okay since we have seen a lot of joineries and sandeep has also talked a little bit about it Uh, what are the differentiating features between a timber chair and a bamboo chair okay so these are the options joiner details form flexibility machinery for production raw materials availability uh, uh, over the country so go ahead put in your answers that you think is correct and we are going to ask sandeep what you okay so here sandeep i want you to uh, help our participants understand what do you would you help us understand the material better or the differences between the two better yeah of course uh, we see form flexibility is what most of them answer yeah uh, and uh, raw material availability of the country machinery yeah yeah it's i think uh, uh, difference between timber and uh, bamboo is uh, the different forms altogether bamboo is hollow and it's round and it um, is is just uh, uh, you cannot convert into any other shape other than making strips or thinner slivers mm-hmm. uh, so there is a challenge there but that gives you more flexibility because uh, when you see how it can be used uh, 
in many different functions which i showed you earlier uh, not this slide you just keep on to that slide earlier one uh, no 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 go go back to bamboo yes so if you see in this slide uh, this is a tetrahedron that you see put together mm -hmm. uh, so that allows you if you have an imagination that that particular pole of bamboo can be converted into many shapes uh, and it gives you a different uh, language of uh, structure and form right uh, yeah yeah and a timber uh, timber can do that also but uh, in timber grows slow uh, bamboo grows really fast uh, mm. it's a grass technically uh, so it's a woody uh, tall grass and uh, it's very most more sustainable than timber uh, in terms of uh, growing time uh, all natural materials are sustainable if it's uh, if it's uh, used appropriately so bamboo has its strengths and it can be used in different application we cannot replace timber with bamboo or bamboo with timber uh, so we need to work uh, with materials but bamboo i feel it gives you more flexibility to do a very fine product to a very uh, structurally uh, architectural product uh, so yeah right yes please go ahead yeah so these are basically my explanation can you just go ahead forward uh, yeah so this is the color <laughs> this is the collection of products using the same technique and we are still adding to it mm -hmm. uh can you just move forward these are just <coughs> product pictures and the making pictures so this is my team and we have introduced your question of lacquer uh, can you just stop here for a bit uh, no. initially you had asked me a question on bamboo and lacquer yeah and, uh, correct of course bamboo is a beautiful material it has a nice texture uh, but the kind of uh, products that i was making i thought i can uh, give in more depth or add more value to it uh, by bringing in uh, aspect of color otherwise it's all uh, one color of product uh, so i tried using paint uh, and other synthetic colors but it never uh, it looked synthetic and it looked like a paint job uh, so I, uh, chinapatna was close i was quite fascinated by the craft of toy making in chinapatna where they used a lot of lacquer to color the toys Uh, the uniqueness of that lacquer toy was they were transparent. You could see the wood beneath, mm -hmm. uh, and you can appreciate the material, which is it's not hidden; it's it's there. And uh, uh, so I thought, well, how can I use this lacquer on bamboo? So here you see Muniraj. Uh, so Muniraj was a discovery when I started the workshop. Uh, he was helping me. He was a gardener, so he would do all kinds of uh, jobs for me: plumbing to gardening to uh, maintaining the space and stuff like that. Uh, Then I told him, uh, "Would you like to get trained in finishing?" Because I was not able to get people who could finish uh, just do finishing as because that's a job by itself. Uh, so he said, "Okay, I'll give my hand." So I trained him how to lacquer, and he's now an expert. Now he gives me uh, inputs uh, on what to be done. Uh, so now I know that okay, I can completely trust him, and I can just uh, he knows what he has to do. Uh, so the lacquering uh, was an addition uh, when we started was for a project in China. We did a hotel there, mm -hmm. and they wanted red as an accent to the furniture, and that's how this whole experiment started. And uh, red was the first color we used. Uh, so it takes a while to lacquer uh, bamboo because you have to do lots of coating to get the richness of the color because they're all natural pigments and uh, natural lacquer. Uh, unlike Chennapatna, this is a different process where we make a liquid out of the polish uh, and the lacquer and the pigments and we apply it. Uh, so the hotel project happened and everyone was quite happy there with the uh, furniture can you just stay 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 so, 
Yes. So the story was uh, cut briefly. Uh, the owner of the hotel, who had become a good friend by then, uh, had good feedback on the furniture. Uh, can you just move up? The slide is in between half of that and half of this. Yeah. No, no, the one below. Yeah. So he said we should make a special edition, and because he had a lot of clients, it was a boutique hotel, and he had uh, uh, quite exclusive clients coming and staying in the hotel, and they would appreciate the furniture a lot. And uh, they would ask if they could buy any of them. Then the whole idea came about to Yuan, who runs the show there. Uh, can we make a special edition and we can sell it actually at a much higher price than that you sold me the furniture for the hotel? Uh, then I said, what special can we do? Then the whole lacquering exercise came. Mm-hmm. And once we made the whole lacquer exercise, and we could actually build the piece, he was saying, what price should we sell it at? Because for me, it was just like. Uh, another five thousand extra to make it, but he said, uh, "No, we cannot make it. Sell it at another extra five thousand. We have to sell it at double the price or triple the price." So we were not sure about how to place it in the market and how to cost the product because uh, here it's a perceived value of the product we are talking about. One was when you do a product uh, and when you produce, you have a certain formula. You have the cost of the material, you have the cost of the wages that you spend, and the overheads of the company. Then you add a certain percentage for your uh, things uh, profit and uh, that's how it's calculated. But here it was there was no uh, guidelines for us to kind of uh, take forward. So one of the Christie's director was staying in that hotel, and I think Joanne uh, threw the idea about this concept. And uh, the Christie's uh, uh, curator uh, she suggested uh, these are really nice products. Why don't we take up the special edition to the auctions? At the Christie's, oh. and and we'll know the value of it. We could get the auction at a okay. price. <laughs> uh, yeah. We can we can figure out a value of, <laughs> of where they stand. Uh, so the first one happened in Shanghai, mm-hmm. and the second one happened in London the year after. In, and uh, they were sold at a really good price. And so yeah, the whole journey started from a village to exploring, exploring, and it got uh, finally auctioned uh, uh, at Christie's. Uh, under the contemporary arts and design section. So, one so yeah, to another. Yeah, so that just took one to another. Yes. So I guess we have the scope in our country to produce something if you collaborate and and push ourselves to create something new. Right. And it, this whole exercise uh, uh, gave me the strength to kind of okay, there is scope. Uh, we were not making any money till now. We were like. Still uh, living on borrowed money and loans and stuff uh, because the scale of sales that we expected to have uh, was not happening because the cost of making of these products were always already high. Can you move on to the next slide? So the challenges were many. One was the material uh, being bamboo; it was new to everyone. Uh, so these are few exhibitions that they were displayed and put up. So it went all over the world. It was published all over the. Uh, the all kinds of publications from Brazil to Peru to China. I don't know where all it got published. Uh, and I would actually get a lot of these emails and queries about things. But here, on one end, we are not able to produce uh, at a cost factor that would have access to a wider range of market. Uh, but a lot of people suggested this is a unique set of furniture. Uh, you don't have to cut the cost of this particular range, but maybe you can think of developing uh, other collection of products in Bamboo where it, it could be designed in such a way that they're much more affordable yeah. and they can be produced in numbers and uh, a larger market segment can have an access to it. 
because most of my time goes in designing the production rather than designing the product. Uh, thank God thank for that. Thank God for that, Sandeep. That's why we see something happening. Yeah. So it took me first three years to sell my first chair because we were pushing ourselves to create the perfect chair or the uh, bookshelf uh, without no flaws and and perfect uh, in every aspect that it can go to Christie's one day. We never thought that it will go there, but it happened because we pushed ourselves to achieve that kind of quality. Uh, but uh, it had its own costs tied with it. Uh, so yeah, so as a designer, that gives me another challenge if I can use bamboo uh, to make uh, more affordable products, uh, and uh, that would generate. So we are working on different collections right, right now. Can you go up? Uh, I have something to ask you. Uh, yeah. Right. One is uh, while see we have a choice. Since we have very little time, I do want you to continue showing your presentation. Which It's means, almost done, I think. Yeah. No, but we have some questions, and I was wondering whether you'd like to continue to talk about your work, which is because that is really interesting, and perhaps I can my I can request my participants uh, to get. I will send the answers to you definitely directly from Sandeep, but they can come to you. Um, we will send it forward it to you on mail. In the meantime, can we spend a little more time hearing what Sandeep has to say about his work? If you are okay with that, Sandeep, then we can. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Like hear it, really hear more about your work, about the products that you are showing here. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So let's move on. Right. So you just can scroll up. This is basically showing details of the products. Uh, what, right. what goes? This is the hotel that I was talking about in China. Right. Uh, and go up. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is an old Buddhist uh, monastery which they converted into a boutique hotel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Can you go up? Yeah. What's the longevity of these products? So this hotel opened in 2011. It's 10 years now. Okay. And we started in 2010, uh, and that was our first project. Actually, the first set of products which we made went there. Uh, so they're still sitting strong there uh, with no complaints. So I guess yeah, they have a life if they are looked after, like any other timber product. Uh, Uh, if you put it out in the sun and rain, it will obviously uh, have its own time. Can you move up? They have uh, or termite problems like for timber. Uh, like bamboo is a unique material; it grows really fast. It's a grass, so it has to be treated, harvested, uh, and and uh, taken care uh, while you're doing that process um, because uh, it grows to its full length in three four months. Right. And uh, through uh, Okay, uh, on look, all the bamboo poles look the same, mm. uh, but uh, they age, uh, they mature over a period of time. So you have to harvest when it's mature. Uh, second, you have to time, uh, you have to harvest in a particular time of the year when it's not active in its life cycle because it's a fast-growing thing. It has a very active uh, growing cycle. Uh, so uh, during the dormant phase of its life cycle, we have to harvest the uh, mature bamboo. Because otherwise the mature bamboo is uh, giving strength to the rest of the new bamboos, so it's it's not so strong when you harvest it in a uh, unappropriate time. So yeah, it has to be harvested. That after harvesting, bamboo has a lot of sugar starch content in it. It has to be removed, uh, which attract termites and uh, because it's it's edible, uh, it's sweet. Mm -hmm. So pandas and elephants eat raw, uh, fresh bamboo. Correct. Uh, it's it's nutritious. It's like sugar cane when it's uh, new. Uh, but for us, it's still stronger. Uh, uh, so yeah, um, 
you need to take care while doing that so once you do that uh, the longevity of the product that you make out of that bamboo is uh, as good as any timber um, that you can uh, have access to okay yeah so the trust me continued and we keep building more products out of it right and like so smaller products and sometimes i get this bespoke projects to do installation so this was this was done so yeah it's a, it's a garment uh, it's made out of bamboo it's a, it's a sculptural garment uh, it was for a store in uh, london called varana uh, so we got this project that uh, i was asked if i can do a few sculptural pieces with bamboo interesting wow yeah so that's my bamboo story thank you oh um thank you so much uh, we perhaps have just very little time uh, would you like to just quickly um, help us understand uh, the the walnut woodwork which you worked on and a bit of channa patna woodwork which you mentioned a bit about would you uh, like to yeah let's quickly go through it very quick so kashmir was my first project uh, and the first challenge i was given by craftsmen there was uh, if i could make a knockdown furniture Mm-hmm. because the furniture was really bulky and um, most of the furniture in kashmir came after the british came there the colonial furniture was given there and their main art and craft was with walnut was carving they would do a lot of beautiful carving on it and they would do nice boxes and uh, all that for their own use locally mm-hmm. in the architecture applications and stuff like that but they never made the furniture furniture came in when british came in and uh, the colonial furniture was a style they started off with but the carving on the furniture was traditional kashmiri motifs yeah. uh and that was their uh, furniture part of the craft and when i went there they said our furniture is very bulky we cannot ship it uh, in small packets and the transportation goes higher can you design something that is knock down i thought it will be easy i i thought i'll get some good german hardware uh, we'll make some chairs put that hardware and it should work yeah. uh but then i understood it doesn't work because the material behaves very differently you know walnut is a very finicky material it walks and bends uh, and every plank is a different plank and if you see the grains on this uh, back of the chair uh, they don't allow the bamboo to be very uh, bamboo and the walnut wood to be very stable uh, so that's a skill and knowledge the artisan craftsmen have there so they don't uh, finish the product immediately they work slowly on it uh, so while they're working it seasons and cures and uh, stabilizes itself so it took me a while to figure out the knockdown thing and uh, this is what we made the first chair so i had to go back to traditional techniques not any german hardware would help uh, making an knockdown furniture uh, so i looked into a lot of techniques that they already use can you go up uh, and uh, it's a completely wood construction no metal hardware here and but we had to do fine tuning details to it so that uh, Uh, the chair stands and it doesn't fall apart uh, so there are very fine design details that go into making this chair if they are not taken care of this chair doesn't work yeah. so yeah can you just move forward so i didn't design much uh, yeah so we just focused on so i took inspiration from the local architecture there because uh, the furniture they were making was uh, a colonial furniture influence and over the period of time the form proportion and the structure uh, didn't uh, have any strong linkages to that particular uh, colonial furniture but had taken its own form which didn't have a language on its own only apart from the motifs that were on the furniture that you can relate to kashmir so i thought i should take something uh, more stronger as an inspiration because the local architecture is quite strong there and it has a very definitive uh, 
language and i could use that in the structure and the form of the furniture so that to make something unique that kind of connects to the space because as as designers and when you work with the traditional art form uh, in this context kashmir uh, it had a very strong uh, language unlike bamboo in northeast in bamboo in northeast was a way of life for them to use bamboo and evolve with it was a way of life mm. uh, so they didn't have any constraints of how it to be used mm. but here uh, when you look at a craft form it has a certain language the motifs have to be there otherwise it could look very scandinavian or something else uh, so we have to use the local uh, language into that so i thought work with architecture can you go up and bring in these elements into the furniture so this is ashraf here um, who i started working he was the first work person agreeing to work with me so it's a collaboration uh, we give a sketch then he sketches out then there are his team who shape the wood so it's it was quite fascinating to see how they work with the tools mm. and uh, so it took a while uh, so i started the journey in kashmir uh, when i started the journey in bamboo um, in 2004 uh, then i i been showing this pictures to a lot of people uh, then people said why don't you make this and sell also then how the whole idea of starting making it in kashmir was also initiated mm. with all these projects i worked on earlier never uh, you could never see the products coming to a market so it was more like a workshop a project where when the project is done it's shut and closed case mm. uh, and i was also wondering as a designer whether my designs are working or not working mm. uh, so yeah it gave me an opportunity okay and since people are liking it why not uh, start making them and uh, bringing this uh, products to the market so this is the latest share um, this is also a complete knockdown it falls apart uh, and i stuck to one form circle mm. uh, as an element of design uh i don't know if it relates to uh, kashmir but the whole philosophy behind it was uh, uh in kashmir uh, all the things revolve around uh, islamic geometry as a proportion to work with and circle is a starting point uh, of any geometry uh, I, i thought uh, take that in that abstract form of a circle and uh, let's see if i can uh, make it share this as a swivel back so it kind of moves and this has a nice tea cup holder on the side uh, yeah can you move forward yeah and it's a complete knockdown uh, it's all hand shaped and hand carved so uh, when this says sandeep isme to kuch carving hi nahi hai there's no carving on this particular chair <laughs> <laughs> i said you're shaping the wood it's 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 a part of carving and the wood is so beautiful uh, when they do all these motifs with flowers and roses and lotuses can you just keep 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 at the slide it looks uh, the texture of the wood is lost Mm-hmm. and the beauty of the wood as it is the walnut is such a nice and beautiful wood it, it uh, is lost so i just showed them few techniques uh, where we can actually bring out the character of the wood but still have carving on it so one of the forms was to do this here they just follow the grain on each plank so every plank has a different grain structure mm-hmm. so the this texturing uh, changes as the grain structure changes mm-hmm. uh, so every uh, chair is unique in its own way mm-hmm. and we insert this little flowers in between so uh, it just pops up when you see closely <laughs> <laughs> so yeah can you go to the next slide yeah quickly uh, so this was another uh, carving technique uh, that i used uh, looking into the local architecture there again mm-hmm. can you go down yeah so that's the chair again you see the beauty of the wood and there is still carving on it uh, and it again is taken from the proportions of the architecture building locally uh, someone one can relate to that yeah Can you go up? Yeah. 
So this is a process where you make quick mock-ups with plywood, then you try to convert them into prototype. So it's it's a long, slow process. Uh, but uh, one interesting thing with craft is it just comes up in front of you. You don't have to wait to, uh, for machines to be introduced into the whole process. Can you go up? Yeah. So yeah, the process of making the slides, uh, then figuring out how to carve. Because if something new comes up, it becomes a challenge. Until you practice for a bit, you get uh, fluency in it as a technique. So this is how the chair components are. It falls apart. Yeah. There are a lot of other projects I can talk about, but I guess we are running out of time. <laughs> yes, that's true. And uh, I'm very sure I'm going to be chasing you some more time to uh, share with our participants the kind of done by you. Very interesting. And would you be able to answer one question? I mean, this question yeah. right out of my eyes, so I thought, let me ask you. Okay. Uh, does a special edition, especially mm -hmm. when auctioned, also need to be limited edition? Yeah, it's a limited auction. edition. Yeah. Does it have to be? Yes. At least at that point. Yeah, it's a limited edition. It's a numbered edition. Uh, so, yeah. So, I hope, uh, Atrey, you, you are okay with the answer. Thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, I am going to look forward to many such meetings with you. Uh, of course, when you have the time. I do think that, sure. uh, you know, the deep insight of how you went about it. So, it's not just about... Uh, being being able to reach a large market and feeling successful every step of the way when we heard you talk about your struggles to figure out a material techniques which work best with certain kind of material has been most interesting and i'm sure those of you who are listening here have similar interests are not going to feel very alone because sandeep with all his experience still had those challenges faced them and uh, at many points i can say that that's a struggle all, des all designers face throughout. So thank God it's a good community and we sort of understand each other. Um, but I do want to thank you. Uh, I do, uh, if I may, I will be posting the questions to you and we would like to help uh, all the questions to be answered a little later, not right away, of course. And we will post those answers back to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Bhavyas, I'm so sorry. This one. Can I just quickly, Bhavya, you're the last yeah. person. I'm not going to take anybody else. Uh, one question from Bhavya. Have you tried something with mats as well as in bamboo? As well in bamboo. Or as much in, uh, what is it? Have you tried something with mats? Yeah, bamboo mats. Uh, <laughs> if, that, if that's the question or bamboo weaving uh, in general. Yeah, probably. Yes. Uh, mats are already a finished form of product. Uh, I think the weaving is a is a technique that I want to explore. I've been experimenting with it, but uh, not cracked it yet, uh, uh, because uh, the, again uh, challenges uh, need to build a team who are good weavers, uh, and uh, you should have some strong idea to take it forward. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on it. Hope to have something something soon. Yeah. I I think as as much as I can add on right now at the end of this session. I do think a lot of, a lot of your success, although your success is also about taking along your craftsmen, you know, getting your craftsmen to be in, included into your journey. And that's where I hear a lot, you know, step by step moving ahead, something happened. And I do think you're going to find continuous success there, Sandeep, as long as you continue in this manner. So thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you, thank you thank to you. all the participants. We will see you soon. Bye bye. Bye. Bye-bye.